The Sons of Liberty is a politically neutral organization. We believe that the Judeo-Christian ethic has provided the principles upon which this nation was founded. It is our belief that these principles provide not only the foundation and framework for American government and society, but are also essential to the maintenance of a fair and just society. All program content is based on a Christian biblical worldview. One of you said to me recently, we shouldn't vote. Ladies and gentlemen, I want to tell you, I I will not wear the mask. 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 I will not wear a mask. I will not get the vaccine. I will not get the vaccine. And I will not get the vaccine. I will resist evil. I will resist evil. I will resist evil. I will submit to God. I will submit to God. I will submit to God. In the Lord, I will praise his word. In God, I have put my trust, and I will not be afraid. Hear my prayer, O Lord, and let my cry come to you. Do not hide your face from me. For the Lord is the great God, and the great King above Rise all. Rise up, O judge of the earth. Render punishment to the proud. Lord, how long will the wicked, how long will the wicked chime? Righteousness and justice are the foundation of this I hate the work of those who follow mouth, I will make known your faithfulness to all generations. For I have said, mercy shall be built up forever. Your faithfulness. On an instrument of ten strings, on the lute and on the harp, with harmonious sound. For you, O Lord, have made me glad through your works. I will you, triumph in the world. are on high forevermore. For behold, your enemies shall perish. All the workers of iniquity shall be scattered. I will defy tyrants. 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 And good day, America. Welcome Christians, conservatives, constitutionalists, liberals, libertarians, communists, Islamists, LGBTQers, TV, WXYZ people. All the boat rockers are in the house and anybody else I may have missed to the Sons of Liberty radio show here on Red State Talk Radio. We read the Bible and the Constitution, not to see who's on the right or the left, but who is on the straight and narrow. I'm your host, Tim Brown, coming to you live from the U.S. occupied state of South Carolina. The editor at SonsOfLibertyMedia.com and for Muslim friends, I'm the infidel that Allah warns you about. I hold to the book, the Bible. As the authoritative word of God, glad that you guys have joined us this morning. If you'd like to check us out online, please do so. SonsOfLibertyRadio.com and also SonsOfLibertyMedia.com. In fact, if you're listening by way of Red State Talk Radio and you want to watch the video portion of the radio show, that's right, and see the face that's made for radio, head over to SonsOfLibertyMedia.com and uh, you'll see two videos at the top of the screen. Uh, the one on the left side is Bradley's show. Actually, it's not Bradley's show from yesterday. He had a little educational video about himself here. Uh, so if you want to check that out, it's three or four minutes, you can do that. That'll be there up until three o'clock Eastern today, at which, again, I guess he'll be live at three. I don't know. if Or an educational video in that section of the web page right there on the left. On the right side is where we're at. Click on that. Make a one-time donation uh, or partner with us monthly as a son or daughter of Liberty. 
and excuse me, I'm sorry, I jumped ahead of myself that night. <laughs> oh, I'm trying to do two or three things here at once. Uh, on the right side of the page is where we're at. Click on the play button, blow it up whatever device you got, and then the rumble icon is in the bottom right hand corner. Click on that and join us in the chat on Rumble. Love to see you over there. We are streaming live to Rumble at Sons of Liberty Radio Live. We're also on BeforeIt'sNews.com, top of the page there. Uh, DLive.tv at The Sons of Liberty, a number of Facebook pages that bear my name. Twitter at The Real Tim Brow 2. Leave off the N, add a 2 at the end, The Real Tim Brow 2. You can pick it up there for whatever that's worth on Twitter. And then also Twitch at Real Tim Brown. You can find me there. Uh, right up under where we're streaming live is where you can sign up for our email newsletter. Please do that and help us out, get the word out. The censorship, again, off the charts, but uh, you guys help us uh, stay alive out there with that, and so we appreciate that very much. Uh, so you can sign up for that once a day between 7 and 8. Those go out. If you want our ministry email, that's sonsoflibertyradio.com. You can sign up right on the front page. Those go out once a week, usually on Saturdays, tell you about what we're doing in the ministry here. And then also, if you agree with our message and you want to, uh, support us in that. You can click on the donate button and make a one-time donation, or you can partner with us monthly as a son or daughter of Liberty. And, Liberty, and we really do appreciate you guys' support uh, very much. Um, okay, just some some news here. Yesterday we had Ann Elliott on the show. I apologize to the Red State audience. Uh, we were having some issue with the new computer coming back, and uh, our transmission software didn't quite get set up properly. I misunderstood Scott. He said dot co, and I thought he said dot go. I don't know the difference. I don't know any of that stuff. So uh, that was my fault. And Scott, thank you for helping correct that. I appreciate that very much. Now, I guess we're right on on Red State now. So, uh, yeah, it's I guess it's been a while. We didn't even know what was going on there as far as them getting transmissions or not. So I appreciate Scott's help in doing that. Um, but we had Ann Elliott on yesterday. So if you're uh, on the Red State uh, station, we had Ann Elliott on, and uh, she is a CPS worker out of New York City. And if you missed that, there's two hours worth. You can go to Sons of Liberty Radio Live, and you can see that yes uh, show from yesterday on uh, child trafficking. And uh, we're going to have Ann back on because our contributor, Suzanne Hamner, you know her as Joni in the, uh, in the chat. Uh, some of you guys have seen her. Uh, Joni had several questions, and they were good questions. And I said they tied with education. They tied with the churches. They tied with uh, several things. They were good questions. So I pitched them to Ann, and Ann said, well, you know, this is going to be a long answer. And I said, well, why don't we just have you back for part two, and you can address some of this, because she did say they were relevant. So next Thursday, Lord willing, we're going to have Ann back on uh, for part two of that as she addresses some of those questions. And if you've got some, you can, you're welcome to send them to me. Um, I'll, I'll be glad to ask them, uh, to Ann for you, if you're interested in that, but what a great show in the fact that, and, and, I, and I say that not as a show, what great information she had, uh, for those who are still questioning whether CPS is a good idea or not, you really need to listen to what Ann has said. She's got more than 25 years experience working inside the system and she has seen what they do and she has some people inside the system who knows what's going on, but apparently you know they're not courageous enough to come out and speak out about this for fear of their life or their family or whatever the case may be but Ann you know came out and and said what she said and and we really appreciate Ann's courage to come and do that people need to hear it from the inside they need to see what's going on there and uh, sadly too many are making their um money off the backs of children and families that they're supposed to be helping okay all right now 
with that said, I want to start today's show off. Now, we've talked about the two-party system before, okay? And some of what I'm going to say is about a two-party two system. And some of it is just simply about what some things I observe here, okay? Um, regarding information and political junkies, you say, well, Tim, aren't you one of those? Well, no, not really. I mean, I, I read enough to know what's going on, form my own opinion from what I see going on. And, of course, the filter of that is through Scripture and through the Constitution itself. And I, I don't reference the Constitution a lot unless I'm applying it to those people who took the oath to do it because the Constitution doesn't say anything about me as far as what I can or can't do. What it says about me is found in the Bill of Rights as far as my rights are to be protected from government in, intruding on them, infringing on my rights. That's, that's it. And it doesn't matter if it comes from the Democrats or the Republicans. It's still an infringement upon my liberties, just like it is for yours. And again, you know my thoughts on D.C. I think we ought to take Thomas Jefferson's approach from the Declaration of Independence it has become a threat to our liberty and to our posterity, and it needs to be dissolved. That's his words, not mine. That's not a revolution. That is the right of the people. That's what Jefferson wrote. That's what all those guys who signed the Declaration of Independence affirmed. And if you want to argue that we need D.C., knock yourself out. Well, we didn't need D.C. for thousands of years in the world. We didn't need them... Before we became independent, in fact, many of the, the people, I'm going to try to put together some stuff from some of the anti-federalists like uh, Patrick Henry. Because some people don't even, they don't even know what they stood for. All they know is the federalist system. And a lot of them perceived that the federalist system was going to put back in place the very thing they threw off. So let me read to you a couple of quotes. I've read these to you before, so bear with me if, you know, you're hearing this for the umpteenth time, because there are a lot of people who don't, and we're always dealing with, with you know, it's like when you, uh, when you pastor church, you're having to deal with the, the little lambs, you have to deal with those who are, you know, as John does it, he says, my little children, and then he says sons, and then he says fathers, so you're dealing with all types of maturity and all types of those who are informed, those who aren't informed. I've told you, I've been very upfront. Many of you in the audience are more informed, smarter, more politically savvy, all this stuff than I am. I don't claim to be any of that, okay? I don't. And I've learned things from you guys in the chat, some of you guys who used to call when we had a phone line <laughs> and such. But listen to what John Adams said. Now, again, second president of the United States, I want you to listen to what he said. There is nothing which I dread so much as a division of the republic into two great parties, each arranged under its leader, concerting measures in opposition to each other. This, in my humble apprehension, is to be dreaded as the greatest political evil under our Constitution. Now, this is one of the guys who's, the fr who's, the fr who's a framer. And he calls this two-party system with the guy at the top leading it, kind of like the Pope of the parties. That's, that's basically what it does. It goes from all the people up into this, this pyramid scheme. Kind of like what 
The Vatican does. Goes up to one guy. Okay? He says, this is a, this is a great evil. And yet Christians often promote this kind of stuff. In fact, they'll tell you that. They'll tell you, uh, we're not voting a pastor-in-chief, we're voting um, you know, for the lesser of two evils. They're basically telling you we're voting for evil. It's a lot or a little, we're voting for evil. That's what we want to do. And they give their consent to that little evil, and they don't realize the big evil that that little consent to little evil brings about. They don't. George Washington said this. Now, this is a more lengthy quote, but this is from his uh, farewell presidential speech that he had. The alternate domination of one faction over another, sharpened by the spirit of revenge, natural to party dissension, which in different ages and countries has perpetrated the most horrid enormities, is itself a frightful despotism. But this leads at length to a more formal and permanent despotism. The disorders and miseries which, re which result gradually incline the minds of men to seek security and repose in the absolute power of an individual. Of an individual. Now, think, stop and think about that. Now he's talking about an individual. He's not talking about a party. He's talking about an individual. And sooner or later, the chief of some prevailing faction, more able or more fortunate than his competitors, turns this disposition to the purposes of his own elevation on the ruins of public liberty. That's exactly what it does. When you become an idolater and you exalt a man, kind of like what they were doing in the book of Acts, there with Herod, and oh, the voice of a God, not of a man. You're bringing about your own destruction. You, you really are. Without looking forward to an extremity of this kind, which nevertheless ought not to be entirely out of sight, the common and continual mischiefs of the spirit of party are sufficient to make it the interest and duty of wise people to discourage and restrain it. it. Serves always to distract the public councils and enfeeble the public administration. It agitates the community with ill-founded jealousies and false alarms, kindles the animosity of one part against another, foments occasionally riot and insurrection. It opens the door to foreign influence and corruption, which find a facilitated access to the government itself through the channels of party passions. Thus, the policy and the will of one country are subjected to the policy and will of another. There's a lot of countries who are being subjected to the will of the United States or the will of the UN via the United States. There is an opinion that parties in free countries are useful checks upon the administration of the government and serve to keep alive the spirit of liberty. So, George Washington, and I'm going to point this out to you in just a minute. He, he didn't say there was a problem with parties. He says there's an opinion that parties in free countries are useful checks uh, upon the administration of the government and serve to keep alive the spirit of liberty. This, within certain limits, is probably true. That's George Washington. I don't think that they had a problem with parties, and I'll show you why in a minute. I think they had a problem with parties led by one person that were set, dividing the people from the law because they were to be united around the law that was established, right? I mean, that's what they're supposed to be. Yes, from his farewell presidential address, Mr. Wirtz. <clears throat> this, within certain trend limits, is probably true, and in governments of a monarchical uh, caste, patriotism may look with indulgence, if not with favor, upon the spirit of party. 
But in those of the popular character, in governments purely elective, it is a spirit not to be encouraged. From their natural tendency, it is certain there will always be enough of, this, of that spirit for every salutary purpose, and there being constant danger of excess, the effort ought to be, by force of public opinion, to mitigate and assuage it. A fire not to be quenched, it demands a uniform vigilance to prevent its bursting into a flame, lest instead of warming, it should consume. So what are, what are these guys doing? Well, they're warning one of the party spirit. Why? The party spirit is what divides, right? We point back to what the law is. And for these guys, the law on them is the U.S. Constitution. Now, the moral law of God applies to them too. Don't get me wrong. Just like it does to all of us. So, how did they carry this out? Well, I can tell you this for a fact. George Washington was the only president that I know of, and I did several searches in several different formats, if you will, different web pages to determine party affiliation. George Washington was the only president who did not have a party affiliation. The only one. And he was the first president. After that, we had John Adams, who was a Federalist. By the way, I don't know if you guys remember or even know this, but they didn't vote like a ticket to run. If you were running for president, the guy who got the top votes became president, and the guy who got the second votes, if he's a different party, whatever, he got to be vice president. That's how it used to be. I don't know if any of you people know that or if you remember that. Some of you, I'm sure, know those, those kinds of things. But let's, let's, just take a, let's just take a stroll down memory lane here. George Washington was not affiliated. Whatever you think of him, he was not affiliated. Um, apparently, he didn't want to be stuck up there, but he took the job, stepped down when it was done. John Adams was second. He was with the Federalist Party. Then there was the Whig Party that produced William Henry Harrison, and Zachary Taylor, and Millard Fillmore. Then we had the Democratic-Republican Party. That's kind of what we got really now. <laughs> it's just they're, they're portraying themselves as two different parties. The Democratic-Republican Party, Thomas Jefferson, James Madison, James Monroe, and John Quincy Adams were all a part of that. We had the Democratic Party, Andrew Jackson, Martin Van Buren, James K. Polk, Franklin Pierce, James Buchanan, Andrew Johnson, Grover Cleveland, Woodrow Wilson, Franklin Delano Roosevelt, Harry S. Truman, John F. Kennedy, Lyndon Baines Johnson, Jimmy Carter, Bill Clinton. That's where uh, Barack Obama. Now we got uh, Joe Biden. And when it comes to the Republican Party, we had Abraham Lincoln, Ulysses Grant, Ulysses S. Grant, Rutherford B. Hayes. James A. Garfield, Chester A. Arthur, Benjamin Harrison, excuse me, William McKinley, Theodore Roosevelt, William Howard Taft, Warren G. Harding, Calvin Coolidge, Herbert Hoover, Dwight D. Eisenhower, Richard Nixon, Gerald Ford, Ronald Reagan, George H. W. Bush, George W. Bush, and Donald Trump. All of those were Republican. So all through our history, we have had men in the office of the White House 
who are party affiliated. Now, that doesn't necessarily mean they were controlled by the party. I'm not, I'm not necessarily saying that. Some of them clearly were. Some of them I don't think were by their party. Nevertheless, the only one different was George Washington. He seemed to be the only one that wasn't concerned with party affiliation. But the others were. Despite warnings from John Adams, he was a Federalist. Now, with that said, we've talked about some things. Now, what I'm going to get into, I'm just going to kind of give some illustrations out of it today. I'm told that this will be toxic by the person that uh, I'm going to reference a couple of things from. But the fact of the matter is, is that yesterday's show, uh, we had Ann on, and, you know, I, I really like Ann, and you guys will, can all attest to the fact that Though I think QAnon nonsense is just that a nonsense, I think there are, I've made distinction on the show time and time again. I don't know why people can't get it. It's because they don't listen to the show, and they admit they don't listen to the show, but they want to attack me over it. So I want to give some practical things here as to some interaction that I had yesterday. I have said over and over, those people who support Donald Trump, I don't consider them to be my enemies. I consider them to be snowed by Donald Trump. and. The rest of the establishment there. I've played you videos of what he says and what he does. Bradley, that, that video that Bradley did, I, I commended him on it. I said, I think this is probably one of your best. I think his top one is the one he did. Uh, and actually, I think it was an article he did on the Tomb of the Unknown Soldier. I think I thought it was a great uh, back and forth between what goes on in the natural world, and what the scriptures say about us striving towards being conformed to the image of Christ. One, really. But his, his thing on what Donald said and what he did, if you haven't seen it, go to Sons of Liberty Radio, not Sons of Liberty Radio Live, Sons of Liberty Radio on Rumble. Scroll down and you'll, you'll see it. It's like the fourth or fifth one down right now, at least at this time that I'm broadcasting. In dealing with what Donald said and what he did, it's about 20, 25 minutes. If you don't have that, you can go back to the show. I played it through one of the shows. It was That's how good I think I thought it was. And one of the things that happened yesterday was when Ann and I were talking, she brought up, you know, Donald Trump had, had done this, that, and the other. You guys know I have always said that there were things that I thought Donald Trump did good. They weren't necessarily fully constitutional, but they were at least moving in that direction, and that was mainly at the beginning of his presidency. There, was, there were good things sprinkled in there during his presidency, and there were a lot of unlawful, unconstitutional things that his supporters would not call out. And if you won't call out the errors of the guy you're supporting and you think he can do no wrong, which is what I find with many of these people, you become an idolater. You say, what are you talking about, Tim? Let me tell you. There are some great guys in church history who've written a lot and stuff, and I appreciate because as we've done with the show with Douglas Bond, uh, the shows that we did with Douglas Bond, we sort of stand on their shoulders. We're learning things from them from both their experience and from their study of the Word of God, because these guys were, many of them were teachers. 
And Ephesians 4 tells us that God has given the, the gift of pastor-teacher to some. Why? For the equipping of saints. He didn't say for a time. So we're learning from men down through the ages who've given themselves to the Word of God and who direct us and who instruct us in righteousness and in what the text is saying. doesn't mean we can't learn it on our own. I'm not saying that at all. And I'm not saying you have to have these men for that. I'm just saying God has given them to us in the body of Christ in aiding us and teaching us. So yesterday's show, uh, Ann mentioned something about Trump and you know the issue of, of child trafficking. Now, those of you who've listened to the show know I've made mention of a conversation that Scott and I, uh, Scott Adams from Red State Talk Radio, have had. And, um, you know, I told him my concerns. I, I showed him, here's what the Constitution says. Here's what Trump was doing, this, that, and the other. And Scott said, well, tell me, Tim. He says, it sounds like, you know, you don't, you just hate Donald Trump. And I said, no, that's not the case at all. I said, this guy is an employee of the people. And I don't care if it's him or Joe Biden or Barack Obama. I called, I called all of these things out on them, too. People just forget it because when their guy is in with their jersey on, they take the jersey and they pull it over their face, and that's all they want to hear is what our team is doing. Good. That they consider good. Let me put it that way. And he says, well, what's one thing that you would say that Trump's done good? And I said, right off the bat, Scott will tell you, I said, if the numbers can be trusted, and I see no reason why they can't, he is, his presidency went after more pedophile rings than anybody else. And Scott will tell you, I, that's what I said. That was the first thing. He goes, that, that's exactly right. And I said, there are some other things that I could point out. But I said, you got to understand something, Scott. I said, while he's doing that, he's subtly attacking the Second Amendment. And it isn't just the Second Amendment. He was attacking virtually all of the Bill of Rights and the push for red flag gun laws. Virtually all of them. That is an infringement upon your liberty and my liberty. And I'm going to tell you what, I don't care how much I like Mr. Wordsworth could be president and up there and doing his thing and he starts to infringe on my liberty. Yeah, we're not going to be friends over that. We're not going to be friends over that. Sorry, ain't going to happen. And I like, I like Mr. Wordsworth. I don't think that he would do that. I don't think he would. Even, he was like me. He wouldn't even want the office. But the point is, is this. People get caught up in their personality because of things they say that make them feel masculine and make them feel like, yeah, I'm really giving it to you. I got a better your mama joke than the other guy. Right? And, and that's, what they, that's what they flow to. So, when Ann brought up the thing of, of Trump and all, and I just simply pointed out, look... <laughs> You can like it or not all you want to, okay? But I gave the links here in some of my replies as to what was going on. And so I had uh, a person jump in into the chat yesterday. Now, this person was uh, claims to have owned an airline, went bankrupt. I don't know what they do now. Um... And uh, they really gave me down the road. Here, here's, here's, uh, here's one of the comments. you like this. In fact, Bradley Toby says, is this person a troll? You need to answer this. I'd already answered some of the things, but I guess while I went down to pick up my son last night, they wrote a bunch of stuff, which they did, and I had to make some response there. They write, 
Love Ann, but Tim, serious question. Are you a fake controlled opposition? Okay, now stop and think about that a second. <laughs> think about how that's written. Controlled opposition is one thing, right? Everybody understands what controlled opposition is? It's, to, it's a person who's put out there to look like they're on your side when they're really a Judas goat or a gatekeeper. They're, they're, they're a person kind of stopping you from doing what you need to do or they're, they're a Judas goat leading you towards destruction. That's what a controlled opposition. Now, what's a fake op controlled opposition? This is a person that's not that, right? So this person is already, in their language, having an issue because they've listened to Donnie too much. That's one. And, and they don't understand the difference there. They really don't. Are you a fake controlled opposition? I can't believe you're just this naive. You run a radio show and seriously, you have not even done simple research. Do you watch CNN or something? <laughs> what? You go off on Trump because he is in some photos with Epstein. Um, no, that's not at all what I did. I'm sure you both know I unknowingly are in photos with people who do evil things. Okay, that's your business. I didn't say that at all. Trump hopped a ride, uh, took one flight, not, in Ep not to Epstein Island. Oh, okay. So he didn't go with Epstein to Epstein Island, but he got on his plane, which was the what? What is it dubbed? The Lolita Express? Literally kicked Epstein out of Mar-a-Lago. Yeah, after decades of knowing the guy and saying he's a great guy, he likes women a little on the younger side. What is that indicating? Don't tell me Trump didn't know he was going after those who were flirting with 18 or minors or any of that stuff. Don't tell me he didn't know that. He did know that. And here's the reality. I've never said that Trump is a pedophile. He might be. I don't know. I don't know. I haven't said he is. I can tell you this. If I were sitting next to my daughter and she were grown in a filthy studio like Howard Stern, and that man turned and said, your daughter's a great piece of, you know what? I think me and Howard would have had a head-to-fist conversation there. Donald Trump didn't do that. He just nodded. He said, yep, yep. Mm -hmm. Oh, if she weren't my daughter, I'd be dating her. Yeah, I'm sure you would. What kind of father talks about his daughter like that? Seriously. What kind of man sits there and says, you grab them by their genitals? Now, you could have probably pointed at me decades ago in that kind of conversation. Not about daughters, because I didn't have one, but about women. Yeah, I was like that. But what kind of man does that? And this person wants to, to get me. I... I didn't ask for your vote. I didn't take an oath on the Bible before God and man to uphold the Constitution and then not uphold it. But this person says he literally kicked Epstein out of Mar-a-Lago. Yeah, after decades of knowing him and knowing what he does, he did it, and that just prior to getting ready to run. You don't just pick that up in 2016 and say, hey, I'm going to run for president. No, you're making plans for that years in advance. And who, I got to ask you, who set Donald Trump up more and groomed him more than the banksters and the Mockingbird media? Whether it was Hollywood and the films he was in, uh, television networks and things like The Apprentice, 
being on that show, The Simpsons, all that kind of stuff. Who propped him up? And yet, when he goes to run for president, who are the people who are attacking him? Is it not those same people he's been buddy-buddy with for decades? Come on, guys. You, you can open your eyes and see what's really going on, right? I, I, I just I don't know how to help people see. Now, this person claims to be an independent. That was one of, uh, one of the, and I'll take, I'll take them for their word. Okay, I'll take them for their word. But the fact of the matter is, it's getting behind a person. I don't have Trump derangement syndrome. I don't. I, when I have talked about Donald Trump, it's never been this personal thing. It's always been a thing to go back and say, here's what the law says, here's what he's doing. When he said, "Hey, we're going to, uh, you know, raise these tariffs. I'm going to raise. I'm going to raise them tariffs on Mexico." He said he was going to do it. What does our Constitution say, Article One? Who has the authority to 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 deal with tariffs? Is it the president? No. I had good friend, a good friend who's who knows the Constitution, argue with me and say he has the authority to do that as the executive. I said, "Where is that in the Constitution?" And they gave me all these papers of from the Heritage Foundation and the Cato and all this other stuff, I said, they, none of them cite the Constitution. We're in the Constitution, Article 1, Article 2. The UC has authority to do that because I read my Constitution, Article 1 says that Congress has the right to impose tariffs or the authority to impose tariffs. And finally, after sending me all these articles, the person confessed, well, the Constitution doesn't say that. And I said, thank you. That's the end of my argument. Because that's the only thing that matters. I don't care what anybody's written on it. I care about where in the Constitution is that. But people will let their guy who has their jersey on that they support, whether they're independent, Republican, or Democrat, they will let that guy get away with violation of law, infringement on their liberties, the spending of their money lawlessly. And then they'll look at me and they'll say, Hey, um... You're just, you're, you just don't like this guy. You hate him. It's not his money to spend. It's not his liberty to infringe upon. It's not his authority to just make law out of thin air. And I don't care what the jersey is. I don't care how theologically astute you might be. If you're violating the law you swore to uphold, then... If we know about it, we're going to call that out. That is not hatred. That is the very definition of love, is to call it out and to call men to repent of that. Now, again, that would be on the natural level that these guys swore an oath, which Jesus said, just let your yes be yes and your no, no. But they swore an oath before God and man. They were going to uphold the Constitution. And the Constitution is a man-made document, no question about that. But they swore to uphold it. And their, their upholding was to protect our liberties, right? Isn't that, isn't that the whole point? And when they don't do that, we have a right, in fact, we have a duty to call them out on that. So they wanted to ask me, you know, about Epstein, this, that, and the other in the black book. I, I had that in here. There's a lot of comments here. Okay, so if you want to read them, you can go to yesterday's show on Rumble. You can read some of these. And yes, I confess on some of these uh, responses, I got a little snarky. But the fact of the matter is, this person said, it's common knowledge, easily found for those that seek truth. Well, I know 
the truth about what he did. I've said it here on the show. Don't dismiss the fact that Donald Trump and Jeffrey Epstein partied pretty frequently together. This was why I brought up, I, I listed in this um, several citations. I think it's a little later down. Uh, several citations of when we have done uh, articles showing this. Remember when uh, Donald Trump's son, I think it was uh, Eric, maybe it was little Donald, I, I don't know, which one? They, they posted the picture of Bill Clinton walking Chelsea Clinton down the aisle. And, you know, leaning over out of the side of the crowd is Ghislaine Maxwell. And he made some off comment of, yeah, see how, who you're hanging together. And he got cooked on Twitter because everybody started throwing out dozens, not one, dozens of pictures with his dad, with Epstein and with Maxwell. Dozens of them. There was a bunch. And we just logged it. And do you know what happened? The younger Trump pulled his tweet. Now, why do you think he did that? Because he was hoping you, the people out there didn't know it. They didn't know that his dad was rubbing elbows with those guys. Controlled opposition, eh? They would later go on to ask, oh, where do I get my money? Well, I told them. Sons of Liberty. Um, I've got some affiliate accounts. I never change what I say for the affiliates. I've lost Google accounts and all kinds of other stuff for what I put out. I don't do that for the affiliates. We only have those just to keep the servers going, and it helps our household a little bit. We don't make a ton of money doing it. I ship some knives for a friend of mine around the United States. That's it. That's where I get my money right now. I'm open about that. But the fact of the matter is, is when people get behind a political idol who tells them one thing and then does another, and I'm not saying he didn't do some things that he said. I'm not saying that. They're falling into the very trap that John Adams warned about. Following the same trap, same thing George Washington talked about. You follow a party, you follow a person. And I guess I take a little bit different perspective than, than Bradley does in saying, wait a minute, parties are formed by people. There's no restriction on us. The First Amendment allows us to gather with whoever we want, right? So we can gather in parties if we want to do that, and we can claim that we're whatever party, and we're advancing the law. We want to advance the law, and this is how we see that law being advanced. That's one thing. Constitution doesn't restrict me in that manner. It doesn't restrict you in that manner. But what we've seen is the parties have taken over the government to the point where they actually can put on your tax forms, and for those of you who are filling those things out, you can give $3 to the Democrat Party or the Republican Party, but they don't have anywhere else where you can give to a party of your choosing. Just one of the two dog bowls that the establishment and the Mockingbird media put up for you. That I have a problem with. I have a problem with government wanting to be a two-party system, and I think that's what John Adams is really getting at. When you bring that in and those parties are not adhering to the law, 
Because both of them are claiming they're adhering to the Constitution, don't they? Don't they tell you that? That's what they tell you, but they do something different. Bradley's right in pointing out the issues of the Herodians and the Pharisees. Be careful of what you see and hear in the church. Be careful of what you see and hear in politics, in the civil government. Be careful of those things. See if they're on the straight and narrow. How do you do that? You got a straight stick in which you put up beside them and you say, are you straight or are you crooked? This isn't hard to understand. So, again, I, I wanted to address this here because, again, I think this person started taking what I was saying. Like, I, like I've told you, chat and these posts and stuff, a lot of times, they don't communicate very well. I don't think God really meant us to let this be our, our full communication. I believe things like this, in-person, body language, voice, inflection, all of that stuff communicates certain things. And if you're, if you're opposed to somebody in the chat, you might be 98% in agreement, but you're, you're disagreeing on Trump, for instance. Everything you say is taken with this harsh tone. You don't know what you're talking about. You're an idiot. You're, uh, that's what it's taken as. So, but the person would continue on, and it, it just got, it really, it really got, uh, it got, it got kind of silly, not aggravating. They eventually said um, that I was BS crazy, and they claimed that I was blocked on Rumble. Okay, now stop and think about that. This person has called me a liar on several instances in here, and you can see it. They said, I'm blocked because I'm crazy. And uh, I said, I, unfortunately for me, I don't have that available on Rumble. And uh, obviously, this person doesn't play well with adults, okay? Um, they go, unfortunately, that is not available yet on Rumble. Yeah, it's not. And I will not stand down or relent, will not, because I am a digital soldier. Whatever that's supposed to be. Clearly shown you do not know how to interact as a human on this forum. However, you are right at home. <laughs> it's it, what, what, what gets me is, is people who don't listen to the show. This person tuned into this show, has no idea of who I am, what I've said on the show or anything, accusing me of things that I've been clear about on the show before, um, and, and doing this. And why? Why? Why is this happening? Because there's a political idol that has been established who can do no wrong. And if they do wrong, well, Tim, don't you do wrong? That's not the point. That's never been the point. That's never been the point. I've never asked this person to vote for me. I've never asked this person to put me in office. I have never taken an oath on behalf of this person or anybody else for that matter. I've never stolen your money to spend it on things that you didn't give it to me for to spend on. I've never infringed upon your liberty. Never. But these guys who take office, doesn't matter if it's Trump or it's Pelosi or it's Biden or pick your politician. They have done that. And they have told you they will be faithful in the stewardship of your money and your liberty 
and the law they're entrusted to uphold. Have they not? Is that not what they've done? Yes, they have. Where in the Constitution, I asked this person, or anybody else, where in the Constitution does the president have the authority to take billions of our dollars and give it to Big Pharma? And then claim, Big Pharma hates me, they don't like me. Oh, take the shot. Brought to you by Pfizer, or whatever the company was that he had that he was doing the stupid test that don't work. He's a pimp. So I, I shared with this person the video we have of um, Donald Trump, Bankster's Paradise. This person responded after watching some of it, apparently, oh, well, are, are you judging him because he was bankrupt? No, that's not really what that video is about. It's about what came out of the bankruptcy. And that was the banksters owning him. Owning him. They own him. They say it themselves. We never saw him as a businessman, a CEO, or any of that. We saw him kind of like P.T. Barnum. He's a carnival barker. That's what he is. He's a marketer. He's great at marketing. That's his forte. Never said anything about bankruptcy and judging him on bankruptcy. And this person went on to tell me that they had been through bankruptcy and they owned the airline and blah, blah, blah. Wasn't even about that. Wasn't even really about that. And then the ties with Israel and him doing the bidding of Sheldon Adelson and some of that. That was part of that video. That's what that was. It was to show who was controlling him. He's not his own man, despite what he says and what you think. He can't be bought. <laughs> oh, he was bought, baby. He was bought a long time ago. Then you have the people that he hangs around. Well, if, if you, you know, if you got me, I, I, I'm around sinners. Well, I'm around sinners. You can't help but be around them. That's the only kind of people there are, except sinners who've been made saints by the blood of Christ. That's it. But when you go and you make them your friends, in the sense that you're rubbing elbows with them at the parties you go to, you're you know, you're flying on their plane. I don't care if it's once or not. He knew what was on that. Are you kidding me? You're telling me Donald Trump is so smart, he's so brilliant, the most mega mind of any president of of the of the of our history, and yet he doesn't know who he's running around circles with? Really? Really? Is that what you think? That is the height of gullibility. It really is. You've got a man, and now this person went on um, in defending their idol. They went on to just attack me. They, they, weren't, they weren't responding really to any of the information that I gave them. They really weren't. They said I had threatened to talk about this on the radio. I just said, I'll, I'll address it on the show. It's easier for me to do it. And hopefully, if the person does listen, I don't know if they're listening or not, but maybe you guys will get something from this. They said I threatened them by saying, I'll just address it on the show. How is that a threat? I mean, you're talking about somebody that's been triggered. And I don't use that word in a demeaning term. I use the term Trumper. They, they took offense to that. I just meant you, you're a supporter of Trump. These people used to wear deplorables as a badge, but they have a problem with me using Trumper. I, I just, I don't get it. So, all this stuff is said, and then they said this. 
Now, here, remember when we talked about the judge not lest you be judged stuff, and we made distinction between a moral... All of us make moral judgments. Everybody who's listening to me, you make a moral judgment about people whether you say so or not. You always do. You do. But ours is not to have the judicial judge uh, making judgments of somebody's final determination and stuff. Okay, That's not for us to do. That's for Christ to do. Because... You read John 3, and you read past John 3, 16. He says, the world is already condemned. Jesus didn't come in to condemn the world. The world was already condemned. He came in to save the world. Right? That's what the person said. Yes, I do not believe you're a Christian at all, but that is between you and God. Like I said, I am of God Almighty. He knows me, is in me, has my back. This I know for sure. You're of your father, the devil. That's some of the posts that, that come up, I think, in, in the later thing here. Um, yeah, here it is. You learned this craft from your father, the father of lies. I just asked if they, if they believed that JFK Jr. was alive, because they're talking like some of this Cuban nonsense stuff. I mean, some of the same language is coming out of there. And so, why is this important? Well, this little interaction demonstrates something. And by the way, uh, she said that um, Donald Trump was my nemesis. A nemesis. So, what's a nemesis? Well, an arch enemy, right? Long-standing rival. Someone bringing someone's downfall. What this person doesn't understand is when you have men acting in a lawless fashion, doesn't matter if they're Democrat or Republican, doesn't matter. When they're violating the law, they're bringing everybody's downfall. They're not bringing mine alone. They're bringing everyone's downfall. In fact, in ancient Greece, Nemesis is the goddess who enacts retribution, watch this, against those who succumb to hubris, arrogance before the gods. Now, if there is one thing that you can say about Donald Trump, there's what? Arrogance. I'm the chosen one. Have you guys seen the video? Have you seen the tweet that was put out that he retweeted? Have you seen that? I meant to pull up some of these things, and I, I didn't, and I apologize. Usually I have these up uh, you know, early on and things, but uh, just sorting through some other stuff here. Um, let me see if I can pull this up real quick, just for the viewing audience. We did a show on this September the 14th of 2020. Donald Trump took and uh, retweeted this tweet from... Wayne Allen Root. And by the way, I didn't know who Wayne Allen Root was. Somebody told me he's a, he's a Libertarian Party candidate. Thank you to Wayne Allen Root for the very nice words Donald re retweeted when he was on Twitter. President Trump is the greatest president for Jews and for Israel in the history of the world. He's not the president of Israel. He's the president of the United States. He's not the, the president of Russia or China or Saudi Arabia or any of that stuff. He's supposed to be our president, right? Have our best interests at heart, not these other nations. 
not just America. He is the best president for Israel in the history of the world. Yeah, he is, because he, he's a Kabbalist. His kids are um, Chabad Lubavik. <laughs> Go find out what that's all about. This guy uh, pushed the Noahide laws just like every president before him, back going back to, uh, to Reagan. So yeah, he's right on that. And he says this, and the Jewish people in Israel love him. Yeah, because he's using our money and giving it to them. He's using our soldiers to fight their battles. Like he's the king of Israel. Hang on a second. Who's the king of Israel? It ain't Donald Trump. It's the Lord Jesus Christ. They love him like he is the second coming of God. Now, I want to ask you something. What is Wayne Allen Root doing with his words right here? Is he not committing idolatry? Is he not committing blasphemy? Why would you equate a man to what Jesus the Christ is? Why would you do that? But yet, I'm the one who my daddy's the devil, and I'm a liar, and I do what he says, right? That, stop and think about that a second. This is the Antichrist nature. Yeah, Watchmaker, you're exactly right. And I've done a show on that. The Antichrist nature of Donald Trump. While people are talking about him being like Cyrus, I did an article on that, and I showed you what Cyrus did. Cyrus didn't put the people of Israel in debt. He freed the people. Donald Trump, during his presidency, and it's not just him, it's the Congress working with him, but that's the way it goes. It's the same agenda being pushed forward. His agenda on education is the same. His agenda for the CFR, that's what the USMCA was about, establishing this regional government here in Canada, U.S., and Mexico. They've been trying to do that for years. He did it. Claimed it was good for you. He was going to give all kinds of jobs. Less than 200,000 jobs are actually created through that whole thing. And who knows how many of those are government jobs. So it's not really jobs. It's more sucking power is what it is. But here's what he put out. Here's what he put out. And then he finished off and he said, but that's okay. If he keeps doing what he's doing, he's good for all Jews, blacks, gays, everyone. And importantly, he's good for everyone in America who wants a job. Yep, because Marxism is our foundation and that's what we need to go to. Money, 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 economy, 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 economy. I'm going to carry on just a little bit. So I want to hang on. If you want to catch that, sonsoflibertymedia.com, and we'll be back with you in the morning, bright and early, 8 a.m. with Kate Shimarani. Lord willing, don't miss it. Talk to you then. Okay, want to welcome everybody coming over from Red State Talk Radio, and just bear with me a little bit. I didn't mean for it to go this long, but there's so much that many of you already know. I, it's not like I'm telling the, the listeners who come here quite often anything new. I'm not telling you something new. I'm just giving you an example of what I'm talking about. Now, there are, there are a number of threads that we got into here uh, with this person in Rumble. And, uh, you know, I'm hoping that Bradley just leaves them up because I, I think the best thing to do is to let these people show who they are. I'm leaving their comments up. I'm not censoring them. Even though in some of them they're being kind of nasty to me or whatever, but that's fine. Let people see what they're doing. Um, 
they tend to think a little bit more about themselves than probably they should, but here's, here's another one. <clears throat> they told me they blocked me, which they didn't because that wasn't available yet. And then they, it, when I say it's not there, right? See, they said they're blocked. And they said, unfortunately for me, the feature's not yet on Rumble. And you've clearly shown you don't know how to interact as an adult in this forum. Uh, I didn't lie about blocking me. I, I, I didn't lie about that. But apparently this person thinks that's okay. Well, stop exposing you for the shield you are. And you're clearly shown me you do not know how to interact as a human on this forum. Hmm. I can do this all day. Take down deceivers. I do this for fun and a hobby. What does that tell you about that person? Seriously, what does that tell you about the, about the person? They've got all day to sit around behind their keyboard. They're saying they can do it. That's what they're saying. So when I called that out, <laughs> they didn't like that. So easy. You literally expose yourself. It's a sheer entertainment. Oh, la, 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 la. They're just like they're they're just like Donald Trump. They've got the better your mama joke rather than actually dealing with the truth. Now, one of the things that I did um, in dealing with this person that I've had to deal with several people. And these are some tools if you guys want to use them. Some of you have your own uh, that you go to, and that's great. Um, but the person said, I do research. I respect and respectfully research all this stuff. It, it, it's, it sounds like the lady from the fall of the cabal stuff. Okay. Which, by the way, I told you at least the first nine or nine and a half things were really good. Good history. Okay. Good history. But then she gets weird into time travel and JFK Jr. and weird crap like that. I just, it's like, okay, you have no evidence of this, but you're going to toss this stuff. I find some, some interesting connecting the dots there. Don't get me wrong. I, f I find them interesting, but it's just crazy. So, um, again, this person went after me on the bankruptcy issue. And uh, you can see that there. I was trying to find where I provided because they asked for documentation. Um, and you can see we had several back and forths. And hopefully, you know, I in doing this, this is not so much a rant as I hope it is something because I know some of you guys have talked to me about um, uh, different things like, uh, what, for instance, when we had uh, Trevor Loudon on, on the show and I interviewed him and, you know, he kept building up Trump and I kept asking him about, okay, what, but Trump did this right here. And he goes, well, yeah, that's right. And, and it's like, well, if you recognize that, why do you keep some, I, I didn't understand it. I wasn't trying to beat him up. I just don't understand it. If you see that the man's a problem and you won't deal with the problem, but you prop him up because he says this good, or he, he did this one thing, right? I, I, I just, I don't understand that. And so we had interaction, and a lot of you wrote me back and said, this was great. This was great to see two guys who may agree on a lot of stuff, but you're disagreeing on this guy, Trump, and how he's doing things, and yet you're not knocking each other out. You're not calling each other names. You're not being belligerent with one another or knock down, drag out. None of that's going on. 
There was a point. There's a point to that. This is how we're called to do. What does what does Scripture say? What does God tell those who are in disagreement with Him? Come, let us reason together. Let's make sure you got your ducks in a row. Let's make sure you're understanding what's going on here. Let's call you back to logic, the logos, the word. Let's call you to think through this here a little bit. That's what God calls the people to, is it not? Yeah, that's exactly right. If you don't understand what you're supposed to do, how you're supposed to do it, what kind of people you're supposed to choose, what kind of people are supposed to be in authority of the church or in civil government because you're being taught that on, on precepts, if you don't understand how to do that, you're not going to do it, are you? No, nope. you're going to go out there and you're going to vote name or party. That's what, ask anybody, how did the guy up there, where was it at? It Was it in Pennsylvania where they elected a guy who'd been dead for a month, a month and a half? They, they re-elected the guy. He'd been dead for like over a month. How did that happen? Name recognition. That's it. That's all it is. They go in there. Oh, I know this name. Check that off. Or if you're one of those party people, you just click all the Democrats or all the Republicans. That, that's all that is. Think about it. Most of the people, the, I, would, I would venture to guess, the vast majority of people who go in the polling booth don't know the people they vote for. Local or federal or state. I, I'll guarantee you they don't. They might they might recognize a name, but they don't know the person. And I have to ask the question, is it sinful for us to vote for a person, to put them in authority when we don't know them? Let me give you the, the biblical example. Um, uh, one, it, well, it comes, out of, it comes out of Scripture. 1 Timothy chapter 5, verse 22. 1 Timothy 5, 22. Now, Paul is talking about separating men out for the work of ministry. And one of the things that he says here is he says, Lay hands, on, lay hands suddenly on no man, neither be partaker of other men's sins. Keep thyself pure. Read, you know... It, when you go and read that passage, he's already told Tim, Timothy to stir up the gift within him that he received when the presbytery laid hands on him. In other words, when they set him apart for ministry, or we would we would term the the coin or coin the term ordination. When they ordinated him, they set him apart for a particular ministry. Stir up that gift, and he's saying, don't lay hands quickly on some man. Don't do that. Because you're going to put him out there, and you're responsible for what he does. Because you've said, yeah, he's set apart for this thing. That's on you. It's why those who ordinate, who set apart men in the church to be bishops or deacons, elders, another term that's used for bishop, when they set them apart, they're to be pretty thorough in looking at Mainly, their home life. Can they teach if they're going to be an elder? Yeah, they want, to, they want to know that. They want to see that. But basically, every character trait is found within their home. That's what they do. They look to see if they know the person. And I want to ask you something. 
whether you agree with me or not is sort of irrelevant for this question. The question is, do you know the people you're voting for? Do you know them? Then why are you voting for them? Well, I liked what they said. Yeah, but what did they do? What have they done? I mean, I got Christians telling me we're going to vote for the lesser of two evils. Well, they vote for a man who's had three wives, all of them he's cheated on. He's been a philanderer. He's run around with philanderers. He's running around with mob guys. And they want to tell me how bad the Democrats are. <laughs> with friends like that, who needs enemies, right? Some of you will get that in a minute. Who, who, needs, who needs enemies? They've already shown you they're untrustworthy. They're unfaithful. Why would you support that? And yet Christians justify it. Well, not everybody's perfect. Well, God used you know, all these other men. Yeah, God uses all kinds of people. And I put that back on them and I say, God used Barack Hussein Obama Satora Sabarka. And they go, uh, 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 no, no, no. Yep, God was using him to judge us too. Just like he's using Joe Biden. Yep. Don't think they're out from under the control of God and, and doing his purposes. I'm not saying they're doing them for his glory. I'm not saying that they have uh, God's glory in mind or any of that stuff. I'm not saying that at all. I'm saying God uses wicked men to perform his purposes. Plain and simple. And all you got to do is go to the Old Testament. You can see this. Who did he call his army that he brought against Israel? Nebuchadnezzar, a wicked, prideful, pagan king. He used him to accomplish his purposes and the armies of Babylon, which he called his armies, against Israel. Right? I mean, he did it. And then later on, he showed mercy to Nebuchadnezzar. And Nebuchadnezzar knew who was king. He knew who was the big, the big king, the real king, the king of kings, the lord of lords. He found out who that was. Because God took his mind from him. Made him live like a beast. Who else did God use? Well, he used the Romans, did he not? Did he not bring the Romans against Israel? Yep, sure did. Destroyed them. 70 AD. Were they righteous and holy? Did they have a covenant with God? No, they didn't have any of that, but God used them in that. And people don't like it when you do that. I don't know why that is. I don't know if that's this infestation of the purpose-driven church nonsense or what. I, I don't know. But it's not fair and accurate in dealing with the God who's made all things and then watches over all history so that it comes out the way he has purposed it to come out and decreed it to come out from the end to the beginning. And yes, God knows all things. That includes every single thing that's going to happen, everything that has happened, because he has a good purpose for it. This is how he can say in Romans 28, 28, all things work together for good for those who love him and are called according to his purpose. So I have the question. We have to deal in this life with other men. We have to deal in this life with other sinners. And in the process, we're going to deal with brothers and sisters and the Lord, believers. 
What is our standard? What is our standard for those in the church who will have an authoritative position? Whether it be an elder or whether it be a deacon. What is the standard that we have? Is it, well, they're a good businessman. Well, I really like them. Boy, they look really good. They'd look good on TV. Well, they know how to make money. Is that your standard? They have a good business. Seem like their family's really nice. Is that your standard? Or is your standard 1 Timothy 3, Titus 1, where God says this is their character. Look at their character. Look in their house. And I'll show you whether or not they're qualified to be there. If a man can't govern his house, neither can he govern the house of the Lord, can he? Now, God teaches us that as individuals. He teaches us that as husbands in our own homes, which is where we should be looking when we look for those to be in authority, whether they're in the church or whether they're in the civil government. I'm not saying, did the guy, does the guy have you know, some flaws, some error here and there? I'm, I'm not saying that. I'm saying one overall is his general character. Because that's what the scripture is looking for. What is his general, what is, how is he known both in the church and outside the church? Because he's got to have a reputation outside the church with people too. How is he known? And everybody seems fine with that in the church, but as soon as you go to the civil government, what does it go? Well, you know, we just got these two choices and he's the lesser of two evil. He's not as bad as this guy. And then what happens is those people defend that guy in his lawlessness. Let me give you a couple of instances. And I could pull up the links. You can, you can go in our chat and you can see. I put a bunch of links of different things. Donald Trump did fund Planned Parenthood more than $100 million more than Barack Hussein Obama, Satoru Sabarka per year, even though he signed Title 10, which was great. See, I'm going to give the props where they go. Title 10 was great. Planned Parenthood said, we're not even going to deal with that. That was $60 million. But why deal with $60 million when you get 40 more through $100 million more that he's going to give you another way? Did Donald Trump defund the foreign funding of Planned Parenthood? Yes, he did. That was good. That was a good thing. But then he's funding it domestically here, $100 million more. Got the paperwork to show it to you. If you care to look at it, it's in the links that I provided there. Right from Planned Parenthood, by the way. Killed more babies in that year than any other president had overseen. Got more money than any president ever gave them. A couple of years in a row, by the way. What about when the Parkland shooting happened? Wow, I'm, I'm for taking the guns first and due process later. Red flag gun laws are the product of the Trump administration. It was his DOJ that was basically bribing the states to put in red flag gun laws. They're all unconstitutional. He didn't back away from that. He, he left it up. I was told by this person that Donald Trump protected the Second Amendment. That's what I was told. It's in, the, it's in the chat. This is the same Donald Trump that sat there and let the ATF redefine a bump stock as a machine gun. 
He went along with the Vegas shooting narrative about bump stocks, which was utter nonsense. If any of you guys seen any of the guns, all the guns with bump stocks had what on them? Bipods. What's a bipod? These little things you trip down on the front of the, the rifle that, so you can set it up on a rock, a ledge, window seal, whatever you want, so it keeps it steady and you can get a good aim on it. You can't use those and a bump stock. The bump stock requires the movability of the gun. By the way, bump firing can be done without a bump stock. You can do it with your shoulder. You can do it with your belt loop. Are we going to start banning those now? We're going to have to cut everybody's shoulders off because they can bump fire? We're going to have to cut their belt loops off? You can't have pants with a belt loop. No, no, no. He was pushing the same agenda. And if you really want to see it, go into where the indoctrination happens in the year of education. See, this is what happens. That even though this person claims they're an independent, and I'll take them for their word, they get behind a political figurehead who can do no wrong in their eyes. None. Can't do it. And if he does wrong, they're going to justify it. They're going to go, well, uh, do you do this? What isn't about me? I don't have any authority over anybody. I can't make you do anything. I can't write an executive order and tell people to go do this, that, and the other. I can't do that. It isn't about me. Quit pointing it back at me. This is the guy who has the office. And it's not just him. So let, let's, let's just be clear, because I'm fair across the board. What has Joe Biden done that you can even claim is one good thing that he's done? I can't claim one thing. I th and you guys know, as critical as I've been of Trump, I think he won the election. I do. I think there's voter fraud that's rampant. But because I think on my own, and I have my own opinion I draw from the facts that I see, somehow I'm controlled opposition. I'm a shield. I have a, uh. That right there is doing exactly what they want you to do. They want you divided among those that at least, if we went down through certain things, this person would probably agree with me. But because I bring the personality of Trump into question, Oh, no, no, no. You touched the golden calf, Tim. You can't do that. No, that's a no-no. We can't, we can't agree. I'm going to cuss you out. I'm going to call you all kinds of names and, and insinuate all kinds of stuff against you. That causes the division. And that's what Adam's warned about. Because if you're going to tag yourself, if you're going to hit your cart to evil, even the lesser of the two, it's going to be evil pulling your cart. Well, there's nobody else we can vote for but evil men. Is that what the Bible says? Really? Is that what it says? I think we need to take a look at this real quick, and then I'm going to close out. Because this is the positive aspect of this, okay? Um, and I'm going to have to pull it up real quick. Well, we have gone through this, um, this passage before. And, uh, well, they're cutting us out here. So, um, and my Bible's on the table behind the screen here, so uh, let's just see if we can make it go again. I don't know. Okay, there it goes. All right, so if you've got your Bible and you're wanting to turn to it, 1 Timothy chapter 3. 
And I want to see, when you tell me that, well, all we got is evil men, you're going to give me that stuff. I'm going to say, well, then what is God talking about here? Because God isn't talking about evil men. He's talking about saints. Sinners who've been made clean from their sin. That's who he's talking about. First Timothy chapter 3, look at what he says. This is a true saying. If a man desire the office of a bishop, he desireth a good thing. Again, I, I use the term elder, but bishop works too, okay? It's not a Roman Catholic term. It's, it's a biblical term. He's an overseer. That's what he is. He desireth a good work. A bishop then must be blameless. Hmm, blameless. How do you get that? How do you get, how do you get a blameless man? Huh? Those of you who say all men are evil and you got to do it that way. I realize all men are sinners. No question about that. But we're talking about those who have been washed, those who are not still filthy in their sins. A bishop then must be blameless, the husband of one wife, vigilant, sober, of good behavior, given to hospitality, apt to teach, not given to wine, no striker, not greedy of filthy lucre, that's money, but patient. Oh, that, that one's an interesting, isn't, isn't it? Not greedy of filthy lucre. Oh, we got that in the church and we got it in politics. But patient. Not a brawler, not covetous, one that ruleth his own house well, or well ruleth well his own house, I'm sorry, having his children in subjugation with all gravity. For if a man know not how to rule his own house, how shall he take care of the church of God? How many men have we put in office who are philanderers, adulterers, numerous wives, girlfriends, We, we haven't learned anything, have we? Well, we're not elected a pastor in chief, too. Yeah, you know, God didn't teach you this individually, in your family, and in the church to just throw it out the window when it came to the civil sphere. He didn't do that. And Paul's right. If a guy doesn't know how to rule his own house, how in the world is he going to take care of the church of God? Let me ask you a little, a little bigger question, because usually the man who's in this position is over a small band of people. How's a man going to direct 50 states if he can't take care of his own house? He's not. He's not going to rule it well. He can't be a novice, and that's talking about towards the Christian faith, lest being lifted up with pride, he fall into the condemnation of the devil. And I, I'll tell you what, I've never seen a more arrogant person in my life than Donald Trump. Oh, there you go, judging again. I didn't say anything about judicial judgment. That's just a moral judgment I see. That's it. And if you think I'm prideful, well, I, I guess you're entitled to that. Maybe there is some arrogance in me. Maybe that's something I need to repent of. I don't know. I, you know, I've, I, I, I examine myself in that. Last thing I want to do is be a hypocrite in that area. Maybe there are times where I have crossed that line and been that. I don't know. But he says, lest being lifted up with pride, he fall in the condemnation of the devil. Moreover, he must have a good report with them which are without. Those who are without, outside the church, he's got to have a good report with them. They've got to know him for the kind of man he is. 
They can't be pointing at him and saying, oh, by the way, we saw you down at the uh, the sodomite club over here, and, and uh, we know what you were doing over there. Or we saw you uh, over here, and you were stumbling down the street drunk as a skunk and falling in the gutter. And No, no, no. If you're doing that, you, you've gotta, you, you can't be putting that person in that position, can you? That's not what you're supposed to do. It's not what it says to do. And he goes on, he says the same thing about deacons. By the way, this first part here is basically reiterated in Titus 1, if you want to read that after the show. Then he comes down to the deacons, or the servants, the diakonos. He says they must be grave, not double-tongued, not given to much wine, not greedy to filthy lucre, holding the mystery of the faith in a pure conscience. And let, also, uh, let these also first be proved then let them use the office of a deacon being found blameless. So, again, you're going to look at them. By the way, he's going to talk about their house, too. That they have the, the only difference, really, between the deacon and the elder is the ability to teach and the desire to teach. That's the only difference. Their character is the same. They, you look in their house. And let these also be, first be proved, then let them use the office of a deacon being found blameless. Even so must their wives... Be grave, not slanderers, sober, faithful in all things. So their wives have to be, have to have certain character qualities too. Let the deacons be the husbands of one wife. This is why deacons cannot be women, because women are not to have wives. Get that? And it's also why I say, if you've got a pastor who's a single guy, I don't, I don't see how that falls in line with what's said here. You got it. He's got, you got to know his house, you got to know his wife, you got to know his children. That's how he demonstrates that he can handle the church of God. If he, if he hasn't done that, I'm not saying he might not be a great guy and a great candidate once he's married and he has children, but, but it's pretty clear what it says here. He needs to demonstrate that in the home. Let the deacons be the husbands of one wife, ruling their children and their own houses well. For they that have used the office of a deacon well... Purchase to themselves a good degree and great boldness in the faith which is in Christ Jesus. Hmm. They've borne a testimony that they believe what they say. Now, I know, I went on, on Donald Trump, but this can be applied to any president. Democrat, Republican, Federalist, Democrat, Republican, and that's the, the two that I mentioned at the first there. Or a Whig, or whatever, whatever party you come, Libertarian, Communist, Green, whatever you want to call yourself, and you want to affiliate yourself with people. Do you have good character? If you don't, that person should be scratched off from you giving consent for them to be your tyrant and the tyrant of your neighbors, because that's what they're going to be as tyrants. If you've got somebody of good character, of good report, who knows how to handle their own house, then support that person. But if you don't, you should not cast a vote for that person. In fact, I would say that you're sinning by doing that because you're told not to be hasty. If you're taught to do that in the church, you're taught to do that in the civil sphere too. Precept upon precept. God didn't teach you these things to then throw them out the window and say, well, have at it, do whatever you want, do whatever you think's right. Because the reality is, when man does that, man is always, always, always going to get himself in trouble. And then he's going to point the finger at everybody else for, the, for his misery. Always. That's always what's going to happen. 
So this is just an example. There are many others. Um, some of you have seen them, some in the chat. Some of you have run across people who are big party affiliate people. And then some of you, 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 you've run across the people who find the cult of personality. And frankly, there's got to be repentance here. As long as we're going to follow the cult of personality, we are going to be gauged in idolatry. And what does God say about that? Because we shouldn't be engaged in it. He judged his people over that kind of stuff. Sure did. Several times in the Old Testament we see that. And Paul says that we can do it not just with people, we can do it with all kinds of things. Covetous man is an idolater. Do you desire stuff that ain't yours? You're a covetous man and you're an idolater. And the Bible says that you need to repent of that. Why did Jesus come into the world? He came into the world to save sinners. Those who've broken the law. And he didn't come to save them from sin and leave them in their sin. He came to save them from their sin, to separate them from their sin. That's what he came to do. And if you name the name of Christ while you go around sinning and supporting and supporting sinners in such a fashion, how is that, how is that compatible with the faith that you claim to believe? How is it? I'm just asking. And I didn't tell this person they're not a Christian. They, they had the audacity to somehow play God and judge in an unrighteous manner. But the fact of the matter is, how does that happen? Has this person not looked? Had they not studied? They they're, say they're great researchers. Didn't seem to really point to the scripture about anything. How does that happen? And this isn't just the only, I'm not trying to pick on this person here. I'm just using them as an example. But there's a lot of people in our midst who are like that. And when they, when they see these things, they think that it's the right way. What does the Bible say? Honestly, what does it say? There's a way that seems right to man, but the end thereof leads to death. One of the final comments they gave, and then I'm going to close out the show here. One of the final comments I think that uh, this person gave, if I recall correctly, there's a, there's a bunch of them here. You can go through and read it. But um, they were basically saying um, that, you know, you know you're, you're not a Christian. You're a liar. Your father is a father of lies. Didn't, didn't answer any of the, the responses of the documentation I gave proving the points that I said. And there's this push to somehow say, your reign is over. I forget the exact thing that they said. Oh, here it is. This is it. Um, well, they talked about this. They mentioned Donald Trump. They mentioned Kerry Lake. Look, I've not said anything bad about Kerry Lake. I don't trust any of them. I don't trust any of them running for office. I'm just going to tell you I'm cynical about that until they show me different. Kerry Lake, in my opinion, very sharp lady. Very quick on her feet and her responses, like the things she said or has said for the most part. And yet she comes out of the Mockingbird media. She supports Donald Trump, doesn't call him out for any of his unconstitutional behavior or things he said. That gives me pause for concern, guys. I'm just going to tell you. And then she mentions some of these other people down at Wano Savin. Okay, yeah, okay. 
<laughs> that's why I, that's why I immediately thought Q stuff. Okay. They all stand on the right side. Good luck with your choice. We will not back down, and what is coming cannot be stopped. That sounds QS, doesn't it? Where we go one, we go all. Aren't they the ones saying nothing can stop what's coming? Even with lies and any other fake manipulation tactics, you all had a good run, but your reign is over. Well, I'm not reigning over anything. I'm not part of the Mockingbird media. The Mockingbird media will not call out the crimes of Donald Trump. They put on fake stuff. This is why I said on the Russian collusion. I'm not, I'm not convinced of that. I didn't go along with that. I didn't necessarily go along with the issue that he caused an insurrection. I believe he lured those people. He told them, I played you the video. He told them, we're going to go down to the Capitol building after this. Did he go? No, he sure didn't. Led them right where they were dying to go. And, by, and for the record, for the record, I said, like the day before, or the week before, January 6th, I said, if you guys are going out on the mall and you're just going to have a big party out there, the guys in, in the Capitol building ain't going to hear you, and they don't care. You need to go where they, they are going to... I said it. You need to go where they hear you. Part of addressing your government for, for grievances is for them to hear you. And I didn't see a problem. Is the Capitol building not the building of the people? As long as nobody's in there damaging stuff, stealing stuff, assaulting people or stuff like that. And we saw some of that, but that wasn't from the, the Trump people. And I don't recall any of those people being arrested. Remember the guys in the offices? They were getting direction from the lady out of the window. And they were in there tearing up computers and desks and stuff. Didn't hear anything about those guys getting arrested. All the people who were there to protest walked peacefully through the Capitol building. They were looking around. They were checking it out. But the fact of the matter is, is this. This is... What is, what is this stuff that hitches people up to a cult of personality? I, I want to understand that. What is it that does that? Maybe it's kind of like being a teenager and you got your favorite rock band. I don't know. Or you got your favorite actor. Or maybe in the Christian circles, it's your favorite Christian rock star. And when I say rock star, I'm talking about preacher or whatever the case may be. I got over that stuff a long time ago. Long time ago. Because I found that while there's different people in the body and they can be beneficial, I'd rather be taught by the guy who's in my community where I see his life and I hear his teaching and I evaluate that and we can have conversation and learn from one another. I much more value that than I do listening to whoever the big name is on the stage. I really do. But this is a problem in America. And sadly, it's a problem within the church. Those who name the name of Christ who engage in this kind of behavior. And again, I don't say it as a smackdown to the person. I've got friends that think just like this. And I consider them my friends. I even consider many of them my brothers or sisters. But this is all the result of not listening to the wisdom, one, of God, because he addresses this too, and of those who came before us, those who learned this lesson, that you don't do that. Even though some of them fell in the same kind of traps of 
party affiliation, I don't think it was anything like it is today. And it's to divide us. Where are we to be centered on? We're to be centered on the law. The law that's supposed to keep us free. And of course, this person poo-pooed the idea of grand juries, of the people actually doing something, and the militia. They didn't say what they were doing. Again, keyboard warrior, I, I don't know. Going to rallies? <laughs> That's not doing anything. It really isn't. What are you doing? There are some people who are doing some things. There are people in the polling places. There are people who, you know, we've had Don Brown on. He was doing some of the litigation under 20. There are people who are doing things. I'm not saying all the people who may have supported Donald Trump or this, that, and the other aren't doing things. There are. We had pa Professor David Clements on. He's doing something. He believes the system's broken, and he's out there trying to help fix that. And he's got people who are working the same way. There are people who are doing that. But I guess the question is, what it really comes down to is, why are we not electing men of good character? And I ask this question honestly. Is it because our character is failing? And we need to have somebody who doesn't make us look so bad? Or is that person a perfect reflection of us? And I got to tell you, I've watched it for a number of, uh, more than a decade now in doing what I do. I've watched it for more than a decade that those who represent the people when you really step back and look, they're a perfect reflection of those people. Perfect reflection. I'll give you this instance and we'll close out the show. Years ago, Rand Paul pointed out that, you know, they were getting bills dumped on their desk like five minutes before they're supposed to do it. And it's like 1,200 pages or something stupid or they get it the night before, whatever the case may be. We can't even go through and read. And then you got to cross these things with uh, laws that have been written before and what they're doing and find out whether or not it's, it's lawful or not. We did a report on, maybe you guys remember it. I can't remember the speech. I wanted to say Barack Obama was in Belgium. I want to say that's where he was. And he talked about that thing. You, you guys have probably seen the little clip. It says, give up your, you know, rights, you know, to a sovereign, blah, 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 blah. Well, the context of what he was saying there was he was talking about how things used to be. The people used to give it up. I mean, I, I stayed in the context of what he said. They, they used to give up their rights to a sovereign like a king. This would be the whole idea, the picture that you see in the film Braveheart, where Scotland was to bow the knee to Longshanks and declare him as king, right? It, it's it's kind of like that. And I now I've done lost where I'm going with that. That happens at times. See, if you don't have the notes, if you don't have this in your thing, you get on the limb and you saw it off. Okay, so Obama was saying that, and then he went to, to, right after he said that, which happens at the first part of his speech, he said, but things are different now. And then he goes on to elaborate in this time that he's talking, and he basically says the same thing, except now it's not to one guy, it's going to be to a body politic you're going to give him up to. That's what he went on to say. He literally went on to say that. We played the clip at the first, wrote an article about it, Explain the context and everything. Then we put the full video so you could see the whole speech. I had 
conservatives, Christians, constitutionalists writing me, oh, you misrepresented him. The title was just his words. I didn't misrepresent anybody. Oh, you pulled him out of context. Did you read the article? I said it right here. This is the context. This is what is going on. Oh. So I followed it up with saying, we are a perfect reflection of what our representatives are doing. And I made mention of Ron Rand Paul's statement about getting these big bills dumped on the desk where they don't have any time to read on it and they're expected to vote on it. And they do. Versus the people who can't even read the article and see what's in the context. Or watch the video and see what's in the context. They don't even take the time to do it. How can they expect their representatives to do it? Oh, we're getting exactly what we are. We're reaping exactly what we've sown. Until we start sowing some new seed here, we're going to keep getting the same damaged crop. I hope today's been beneficial. I really do. Um, don't, I, I don't feel like I ranted. <laughs> I don't feel like I did. Uh, my feelings aren't hurt. Nope, I'm not screaming like a little girl. I just, the point is, is this. If you're going to support a guy, then you're going to have to, you're going to, have to deal with, with what's put before you. Quit pointing the finger to everybody else because everybody else ain't over you. You didn't elect everybody else. And you really need to see whether or not you're following what God has laid out in his word, the principles that are there. Guys, have a great day. Bradley be with you at 3 p.m. Eastern, 2 p.m. Central, sonsoflibertymedia.com. And then, Lord willing, we'll be back with you in the morning. Kate Shimrani, 8 a.m. Talk to you then. See ya.